rolling on around the world. Are I you thought, ready for I thought we were going to have, uh, I thought we have a new theme song. I didn't, I was expecting our, oh, our, our, our new. That is uh, the new theme song. I'm doing my, my Mick is the new, the new theme song. You're not even allowed. You're going to be sued now. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> it was parody. It. No, parody is you're allowed to do parody. Okay. You're or or really bad renditions. You're allowed to do really bad stuff. Well, that can't be true. <laughs> um. So hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. Um. Yeah, I'm good. That's it. I don't have uh, again. A very unexciting week. Very uh, unthrilling. How about yourself? Uh got big big news today. We have a liquor license. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. Well, that's a big that, deal. That's a big deal. Uh, we cleared our last regulatory hurdle. Um, we have a date that we're going into production. Uh, June 7th, bottles will start rolling off the line and uh, be available for purchase uh, probably about a week and a half after that. I love it. I love it's, it. I love it crazy crazy you must be very relieved is that is it very hard is it are the chances that somebody doesn't get a liquor license when they apply very high is it like passing the bar exam or is it uh, just a lot of work no no. um for the kind of license that we were going for it's not it's it's just a lot of work it's not a really that much of a question of whether you'll get it um if, if you're trying to get a, a premise, what they call a premises license, like a, a bar or a liquor store, it's it's more difficult because people can object and say, we don't you know, you have to hang up this poster when you're applying for a liquor license that these premises have applied and people can object and say, we don't want a liquor store in our neighborhood. It attracts a bad element or we don't want a, a bar in our neighborhood. It'll be noisy. But we were going for a producer's kind of license. Um, so our poster was hung on a warehouse in a warehouse district, and n- nobody cares. Right. Well, nobody saw it. They would have objected if they could see the post. But but it's a liquor. It's it's a warehouse that already stores liquor. So all it meant is there's oh, okay. going to be more our liquor. It's the place that our liquor will be shipped after it's made. So right. 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 Not a big not 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 a big worry that we were going to get objections and. Uh, None of us have any felonies, so we cleared the background check and all of that. Um, uh, uh, congratulations. It's, it's extraordinary. Very excited about that. You're that much closer to being a purveyor of fine um, alcoholic uh, b- beverages. Yes. Like, yes, the, one you're ha- like, like the one you have in your hand. Like the one I'm in my, I have in my hand, which is Batch 22 and uh, Fever Tree Elderflower Tonic. And uh, and I'm not even getting paid to say that by the Fever Tree people. We just love their mixers. Would um like a nice uh, Schweppes, like a ginger ale, be a nice combo with your with your ginger uh, ale would be really good. Uh, there is a uh, or is it too sweet? I, I I wouldn't know. No, that'll work. But something that I think is really exceptional is Batch Twenty Two, and uh, Doctor Brown's Celery. Oh, together. damn, celery! You've it's said really the magic words, and uh, I call celery. that drink. We call that drink the stingray. That's good. Yeah, that might be my new drink because it's celery soda with a little bit of a bite to it. That's um, really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so uh, 
Which is, did you get to watch anything fun this week? I know you got to watch one fun thing, very short, but fu very fun. What was that? The previews for Land Shark. Oh, yeah, that I did do. <laughs> that that is... I did do. That looks wonderful. And I think. <laughs> I think we should have we should have a, a shark month. I think we should have we should do sh shark month in celebration of land shark coming out. Yeah, you know, soon we should just do a, a you know do a run of shark movies. Um, are th are there more than one? I can only think of one shark. No, I'm kidding. There's there are a few. Sharknado is just in one of them. We could <laughs> Sharknado, find. and aren't there about seven of those now? I think there's definitely more than one or more than two. Yeah. I think. Um, and um, Deep Blue Sea, we could watch. Deep Blue Sea. Um, there's many movies. Shark Week or Shark Month. Let's do it. Shark Let's Month. Let's do that. Okay. What yeah. have I seen? I have to look at my book. Well, no. No. Nothing. Well, worth I started mentioning. watching um, something from, see if you can guess what country it was from that I Let me hold watching. on. Shush. <laughs> it, it's from the uh, it's from the the Isle of Cork. Yes, there you go. No, but this was something that you recommended. I finally oh, you um, started. Oh, I broke down and got Acorn TV. Um, so I had to spend more money thanks to you. Right. But I started watching Wire in the Blood. And, what do you think uh, of that? It's really fun. It's really good. Um, I remember really liking it. It's a it's a creepy it's a creepy time. Yeah. I like Great. creepy. You know me. Uh, I do too. That's no I That's why I recommended it. You know that they they called me because I read serial killer, you know, true crime serial killer stuff in law school all the mm. time. They'd all seem always see me carrying around like the, the Jeffrey McDonald story or the Ted Bundy, the, the you know, and somebody they dubbed me the 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 chairman and president of the Ted Bundy fan club when I was in law school because I was always that's, reading uh, serial killer. That's uh, yeah, a dubious well, distinction. It's a dubious distinction. Yeah, um, not a name you can carry with pride, but <laughs> I think you safely you know you were ahead of the curve because true crime um, stuff is never. I mean, like the stuff that they put out on Netflix now on a regular basis. There's just a tidal wave of pretty well-made terrifyingly morose programming yeah which yeah. i end up getting hooked on and then after a while feel like i'm just a bad person you're bad <laughs> oh i'm being informed by our our incredibly fantastic producers that there are seven sharknado movies. there are seven sharknado movies now you gotta be kidding yeah, me oh my god that's just insane wow <laughs> I've only seen 18 of them, so I've got work to do. Um, yeah. uh, that is that is crazy. Yeah, that's um, a little. But I've that's... clearly lost track of time because I don't even know how. I, I, I feel like Sharknado came out four, three years ago, which I know it didn't, but I feel like that. I'm like, how could they make seven of them in three years? It's pretty, pretty nuts. But it didn't. It came out a long, long time ago. I'm dating myself. Another thing I saw uh, this week was, you know, I, I've been, I'm working my way through um, The Outer Limits with a friend of mine. Yeah. And we're actually considering quitting this task because as incredibly wonderful as The Outer Limits were in my memory when, when I was a kid and as creepy as they were and as much as they terrified me as a kid, they, they don't hold up like The Twilight Zone does. 
So mm-hmm. we're thinking of switching and just doing the the entire Twilight Zone series instead. And you get that same vibe of, um, you know, the incredible actors who show up. Um, yeah, and for course. instance, in in last week's episode of um, Outer Limits, was the father of the star of this week's movie. A oh yeah, very very young Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen was in everything. Yeah, Screaming Sheen, as Screaming we call him Sheen. on Rated P for Paranormal. He's got a reputation on that show. Um, it was so, and Marty, um, interestingly enough, has the same wide eyes through the episode of uh, Outer Limits that Emilio has in this movie. Well, they do look remarkably alike. They look remarkably alike, but Emilio's eyes, uh, he's all, all in, he never squints. It's always. Mm. Amazement. This uh, the way that he looked in this movie made him look uh, not terribly bright. Looked made him look really confused and about twelve years old throughout okay. the whole thing. All right, we're gonna get right into it there because uh, that was I was gonna go like <laughs> what they 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 hired a guy who just looks like oh, I don't know what's happening. Um, and and uh, and I could see another actor playing. I don't know what's happening with a squint, not a look of bewilderment. He looks afraid at all times. I mean, he, you know, it was a scary situation he was in, so maybe that was worth it. Uh, look, you know, we're going to say some things about this movie, but I, I don't feel comfortable laying the blame at uh, Emilio Estevez's feet. Uh, he's far no. from the problem here. You So you, you thought there were problems with this movie? Oh, no. <laughs> well, no. Uh it depends. One person's problem, it could be another person's uh, delight. Well, um, you know. Uh, well, but... overall, overall, uh, not not an enjoyable experience or an enjoyable experience? Enjoyable experience. Okay. I, a, okay a completely I'm enjoyable experience. I had the time of my life yeah. watching this thoroughly horrible movie. Yeah, it is truly <laughs> a terrible, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a good bad movie yeah it's a yeah it is a good bad movie there is there are so many moments in this movie that i just loved many of them involving um i i can never remember this guy's name uh he's a he's a singer in a a a group that was popular for a while okay Um, um a rock group a rock rock group that was popular Musicians. for a while. He's a musician. Um, and uh, He'll come to you, I'm sure. Yeah. Not somebody who you would think is conventionally handsome and mm. yet is incredibly attractive anyway for some reason that you cannot explain. Well, look, you know, the New York Dolls were great. I think Buster Poindexter was a good-looking dude. Um, so I agree with you. But he's got charisma just... All right, we're all, we we have to we we're doing it again. We need to establish the facts, the we're rules. To the about what movie we're talking about? What is it? About? What uh, even is this for crazy Free Jack movie? Free Jack. It's about a guy named Jack who is uh, imprisoned, and there's a whole bunch of people who want to no. free him. No. no. Usually in improv, you're supposed to say yes and, and I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. Well, the way I do improv is no, but. <laughs> I just, just that's I'm like, really? However. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the contrary. 
Yes. That's IMDb why I never says, did well with improv. IMDb says Free Jack is, is from 1992, directed by Jeff Murphy or Joff Murphy. Um, is a, is about bounty hunters from the future transporting a doomed race car driver to New York City in 2009, where his mind will be replaced with that of a dead billionaire. Yeah. So already we see where we are, and we yeah. see this is overcomplicated, and we see that there's a lot of things going on, and we see yeah. this movie could only have been made in 1992, yeah. this plot. Um. I was, was Emilio Estevez in Flatliners. I no, I don't think with he was. Demi Moore. Wasn't he in well, Flatliners? That, that was uh, that was Sutherland. Uh, I, I, was I, I maybe I'm gonna need help on that. I don't I don't think that. Um, I thought it was Kiefer and and Rob. Wasn't Rob? Are they Lowe? all in it? Rob Lowe's in it, I believe. Rob but Lowe, I, don't, I don't know if Emilio's in it. All those brat packy. Oh, God, you are nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. What happened there? Yeah, so um, I, uh, I, I agree. I think you're nuts. I don't know if I don't. I'm going to be. I'm, I don't know if Emilio Estevez is in it. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm proud. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. But ignorance um, is bliss. I don't know. There was some stuff that I bought about the. the there was actually some stuff that I bought bought about oh somebody wants to know what my sweatshirt says my sweatshirt says elon extra crispy wants to know what my sweatshirt says it says it's elon. Just, that's a strange you know i have to tell you it is a strange time to just randomly wear a shirt that says elon well my daughter is going it's a college and my daughter is going there oh okay because that dude just bought twitter and i thought it was about that no it's not it's not this is not elon musk it's elon university um in North Carolina that my daughter is going to attend. Oh, our producers are sending us messages. What's the story? He's What's not happening? in Flatliners. Thank he you. He's not in Flatliners. Kevin Thank Bacon, you. William Baldwin, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Good old Billy Baldwin. So when did you know that what we were seeing was going to be amazing? Um, The very first moment that you see Mick Jagger. Okay, me too, exactly. I me said too. I am going to have the best time here. Um I don't even hilarious exactly how to yeah. say what he did here. Um is he is he going what is what is he doing as an actor? Can you can you help me? He's saying I'm Mick Jagger. <laughs> I think what he's doing, he's just being Mick Jagger and walking through the movie and having fun. I don't know. He looks like he, he's having less fun as it goes. And it looks to me like he realizes pretty quickly what he's done and gotten himself into. So there's a legend about this, that Mick Jagger uh, took the role without like about a week or two before st they started shooting. Yeah, and he apparently had been. This is according to an interview he did, which I saw, and he said, "Like, well, I wasn't. I was at just kind of a weird place transitionally with my life. I didn't really have a lot going on for the first time in a while." And somebody said, "You want to do a movie?" And I was like, "Yeah, oh yeah, sure, sure, I'll do a movie." And and he didn't really think about it. And I yeah. think he thought about it once he got to the set because um, 
the helmet itself, it's like uh, right, right away, you see things are going wrong. <laughs> you got him. He, he he doesn't look like a person that really should be on a tank or near a tank or comfortable in the military gear. No. Uh, at he's all. got great lines like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yes, which is why he took the, the part. I'm convinced. We got them, let's go. Exactly. That's another great line. Yes. But he also has get the meat. <laughs> get the meat said with get the meat do you hear that let's play that again let's hear that again if you don't get the meat the weird echo that they put on his voice for half of it yeah but then not for the other half is is quite something get the meat like something (laughs) i'm trying to figure out what it is that he looks like he kind of looks like an emu that's been (laughs) woken up too early Oh my gosh. You know? He looks disdainful wow. of you, but he's going to go with this. He does look dis- full of disdain through the entire movie. And um, Anthony Hopkins, who's also in this movie, said in an interview on national television that this was a terrible film. At the time of its release. Pretty much. Oh, here's trouble. Look out. Get ready. Hang on. What's that? This is oh, Free Jack. Mick Jagger? Yeah. Elio Estevez? Right. I didn't know who that is. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and what was the idea? This Was was this a, like a, a futuristic? A... It's a terrible film. Science fiction. <laughs> terrible. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> From one of the stars of the movie, From ladies and gentlemen. one of the stars of the movie. So, okay, let's just explain maybe one of the thing, one or two of the things that could have gone wrong here. Okay, first they cast Mick Jagger as in an acting part. Yeah, which is a it's his mistake. It's not you know he's not a, he's not known for his acting ability. I think if he were good, we would see him in a lot of movies like somebody who is good. But how am I doing? Not bad. Yeah, right. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not bad. not too good, in no. fact. And um, you know, if you look at somebody like uh, you know Bowie. Bowie did a lot better as an actor than Mick Jagger did. Yes. But then why did I love Mick Jagger so much in this movie? You just, I mean, cause who, do, I mean, it's cause it's a great experience to see him in this terrible movie, but it, but I don't think that you can honestly say that, well, maybe you could, I don't know. You could be, there were a couple of moments that he had that I thought were priceless, priceless um, in a way, but I, I mean, it, it wasn't every moment just painfully also ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. But a, yeah. But in a priceless way that I would watch it over and over again, his reaction to one of his own, to, to the men being killed by the grenade. Yeah. Was priceless to me where those guys get killed by the grenade and he just kind of goes. He gives yeah. Like, look like, uh, and yeah. then his one Mississippi to Mississippi is pretty. Yeah, I, I'm sure they had to explain that to him. <laughs> I'll give you a five-minute start. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. Mississippi, <laughs> you know, is is a travesty. He, he's It's remarkable. He didn't do a lot of movies. He did some movies in the 60s. It um, never really worked. Never really clicked for Mick. 
no. in the movies. I wonder if he feels bad about it. I wonder if he feels like, ah, that's one that got away. I did oh. everything else. God, I really? I don't know. I mean, if you're Mick Jagger, do you really feel like, feel bad about anything? Everybody feels bad about something. I mean, I read I read Dostoevsky. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody feels bad everybody about feels something. Everybody feels bad about something. Um, yeah. So can we, I mean, where do we, how do we start? Do we want to start by saying that the first shot of Emilio Estevez is of his ass? Do we want to start there? Or Well, so we got a theme going on. So last week, the first shot of the star was of his crotch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I did. I didn't realize that the the first shot of well, it's not. It's not a close up, but it's he he yeah. He is definitely like, it's it's a it's a shot of his ass, and he's lying in bed, and is it's it's unnecessary, the amount of of ass that's uh, that he's showing you in the movie. I'm just turning my phone off. If you're wondering <laughs> what what's you're happening doing. over here, take a call. If it's important, no, I'm still in the show. I still want to do the show. I do. <laughs> okay. So then, okay, um, so. What all right? So the idea behind this movie is that a billionaire from the future is is dying, and he knows he's dying. Uh, in fact, he's dead, and his brain on ice is just the only thing alive. And what he right. wants is a fresh body. And the easiest way to do that, because the current situation on Earth is bad, and everybody's sick from pollution, and you know, um, right, cranky, I guess. Yeah. Well, they're he, eating bad food. He wants a young, healthy specimen so right. that he can inhabit that body. So, for some reason, he thinks that way. He tracks down in the past, like some person who died in the past, right? And right before they really die, the idea is that they they put him into a time warp and suck him into the future, and then they're saved from their death. Right, and you get the feeling that this because they actually have a term for people who they do that to who escape, they are the people called you are a free jack if right. you escape, because um, your but, body's been hijacked, but now you're free. You get uh, the feeling that this is a thing that is done by the wealthy in this world, and that they they justify it morally because they only capture people in the split second before their death. So they're not really killing anybody. They're taking the body of somebody who would die in 0.2 seconds anyway. Right. Sure. Now already see the thing is though, that you're explaining this in a much easier way than is explained in the movie, because that doesn't make any sense in the movie. Uh, really. Um, I, you, you have to figure out that's what free Jack means. Right. Um, Clearly, this isn't going on all the time. It's too hard to do it. You have to have way too much money. You have to have no. I think only this the ultra rich do it. Well, that's a problem with the with the but script, they don't... though, because they they imply that it happens enough that there's a slang term for yeah, the people but... who are hijacked and escape. Which the only technology. <laughs> It would mean it happens all the time, but clearly it doesn't happen all the time because... um, Because it's proprietary tech that Anthony Hopkins developed to do this in his private laboratory in the sky. But I think for the ultra-rich, but they don't explain it well enough. But you don't meet any other rich that have done it or do it or hear that anybody else has ever done it. So you're confused. You have to surmise it. Yeah, You're as confused then as you are when John Shea shows up and you're like, wow, who is that? Why is he here? And why is John Shea in, in the movie? Do you know? 
do I know why John Shea is in the yes. movie? Um, yes, I do, actually. I have no idea. Can you explain uh, to me why he's, he's there? He's an actor. He's an actor. Somebody offered him a job. He needed I'm money. I'm being serious. Said, uh, well, okay, seriously, I have no idea I why mean, that Who is that movie. person? Yeah. Why does he's... he have giant statues of feet in his apartment? <laughs> oh, Oh well, that if you if you did weren't able to figure that out, I don't. I'm not even gonna. I actually do have a theory about that. I think yeah. it's a nod to Scanners, wherein one of the characters was an artist who made giant sculptures, and he made a sculpture of his own head, in which a scene takes place, which I thought was great. And Scanners, <laughs> but they don't really make good on this. He's just a mystery guy. Okay, I will say that the the opening sequence. I very much enjoyed the 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 intercutting between the present day, the present day of the movie, not our present day, um, because our present day is 13 years after the future in that movie. It was that confusing enough for you? It was. Um, yeah, because like, the future in the movie is 2009. The present day in the movie is 1991. Um and I kind of liked the sort of, you know, what is going on here? There's a, a racer getting ready for a big race, a uh, big Formula One race. And there's this weird military thing happening in, in some weird dystopian future. And then when they get to the shot where you see the, the big Nissan uh, over the big Nissan ad on the overpass and you see it in the, in the present day, and then you see it in the, burnt out future and you realize oh we're in the exact same spot um i like yeah, that. but yes i liked it too but you but it's only works you you only have to figure that out by using like an abacus and charting the moon and the sun because you can't it's not in the movie he's looking at a map of of manhattan yeah Mick jagger's looking at a at a readout of manhattan and he's driving his tank through the city the racetrack is clearly in the country. I like that it's this big race and it looks like a like a county fair. It's like a town fair. Yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't a pig weighing contest that he was part of. <laughs> okay. Um it's the ugliest okay, racetrack not, in the world. You're not giving you're not giving any No, I mean look, track. I had a blast, but I, I I we have to be honest here. This is uh this is some rough stuff. And we're talking about the guy, you know, who the guy edited this is um dennis verkler and there's some cool stuff but then there's also some really some rough going but this guy yeah. he edited uh hunt for the red october and the fugitive and under siege and xanadu which makes wow. complete wow. geometric sense as well you're not too far movie. off with the with the pig farming that there should have been some pig farming going off because my uh, my producers are informing us that the or our producers are informing me not my producers are informing us. I'm sorry. Your producers are informing me that yeah, I need our to. Our producers are informing me that the movie. <laughs> what did he say? Back it up. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm That's being right. scolded. The producers are scolding me. Get in line, man. The movie was filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. So there, yeah. there's, I think there was a pig weighing contest going on. Sure. The, uh, sure. Um, 
Are you saying, uh, look, we're in, you're now you're criticizing, are you, are you castigating uh, other states in the union because they, Atlanta? No, yeah. Atlanta, I love, I love Atlanta, Georgia. They got, well, that was great, a barbecue yeah. reference that you made. Yeah. Big, gotcha. big, big Matt's barbecue. I went to a uh, fat Matt's. Sorry. You fat gotta Matt's take, well, then you got to take me there. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed fat Matt's in, in, in Atlanta. Biltong is a wonderful, uh, bar in, uh, in Atlanta. You, know, you I will clearly know more about it than I do. Get the meat. Okay, what's your what? Okay, oh, Bill Tong. What? <laughs> this we're crash. This is a car crash of a of a show. It's a car wreck. <laughs> this is a hard movie to 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 talk about in a way. It's hard to parse. It's it's very entertaining. Um, it is like a mashup of many of the movies that you like from the nineties. Um, it is far cheaper in feel than you were expecting because there's some money on screen. And then there's an incredible lack of money on screen, and they're just yeah. smushed up against each other. He's photogenic, he's telegenic, he's drug-free, and he's real good to his mom. Is that a face that'll sell motor oil or what? Buster. Yep. I liked him better when he was the front man of the New York Dolls. I will I will I will fully admit. Yeah. But you know. Um well. There was something in my mind, and it and it went out of my mind. Well, let me say this then: if you're going to say that, <laughs> um, let's go through the list of wonderful things that are in this movie. Um, it, I think, it has the uh, the most wonderful lovers' reunion I've ever seen in a film. Oh yeah, Where he tackles her onto a couch, which yep. was a very romantic gesture. Yeah, um, it's got the worst stuntman fall from a building after getting shot in the stomach that I've ever seen. Because okay. it literally looks like the stunt man just gave up. It looks like he quit. That's how he quit his job. Um. Uh. Let's see. It has. Uh, it starts with an ass shot. Did I say? Did I say that? With Emilio Estevez. Okay. This is a movie that um, Frankie Faison, in a in a very good scene. I think one of the better scenes in the movie in this dystopian future. He's on the run. Basically, this movie is a guy on the run movie. It's a little bit like The Fugitive. He escapes from the time travel nonsense very quickly. My cat's fine. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Just has some stuff to say. Um, <laughs> he escapes uh, very early in a lot of the movies about him kind of trying to get help from someone, get his girlfriend or his ex-manager to help him, and he's on the run. And... Um, in the process of that, he meets uh, Frankie Faison, who's a wonderful actor I love. And he did probably my one of my favorite things in the movie. He has a little speech about making rats, uh, making rat stew, like making how to roast them. Stew. And being an eagle, how to be an eagle. Have you ever seen an eagle flying back to his home with dinner for the missus and all the little eagle babies? He's about to get back to his nest, he says. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a drag being an eagle. <laughs> And he goes plunging down and down and down and bam. There you go. Yeah. Frankie Faison. We like him. Or is it Faison? I don't know how to pronounce I, the I sing, name. You got to call him Frankie Faison. That's the. That's what is something you sing to yourself? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs> what is that? That's a song you said. That's a song that you sing. Uh, you can fly. 
what in God's name was that? Okay. I'd like to learn that song. You should copyright <laughs> it. Explain later. There's you a should. whole thing. I'm All right. Gonna, well, I don't I'm know not why you should the deny audience. the audience with this incredible story. <laughs> wow. Um. So did we? Yes. <laughs> did we mention that he steals to try to get away? Because he's getting chased by a battalion of tanks that are in multicolored tanks, that, uh, commanded by, of course, commanded by Mick Jagger. Yeah. Tank in a helmet in a helmet that literally looks like makes him look like like marv the martian from warner brothers cartoons it's the oh biggest dear. helmet delays delays it's the biggest helmet i've ever seen and yeah. i just wish he'd start doing the dance like some of the dances in the helmet yeah. but he didn't do it no um in this movie uh frankie Faison says there's no more wine he misses drinking wine and then there's a champagne truck. And then he steals a sh his champagne truck uh, to get away. Yeah. There's lies Although that in sequence, this film. That, that bumper car chase with the with the champagne truck was one of the highlights of the movie for me. I loved that bumper car chase. It's pretty great. It's yeah. got a really good pipe ramp in it. One yes. of the better pipe ramps that I've seen. It's got some fun cars in it. Some crazy yeah. automobiles. Not too yeah. dissimilar from um, Demolition Man had a similar uh, approach to the art direction, which was that the cities all pretty much look the same unless they're burning. And the only thing we're going to change is that people have weird cars. Pretty much true. Yeah, very weird cars that are very clearly just um, some kind of go-kart platform with a, a fiberglass shell put over it yeah um, um you know what is interesting to me oh thanks oh thanks jules yeah i'm doing a hat i'm it's it was it's a little bit of a nod to emilio's hat in this in the in free jack he's he wears a very stylish hat at one point in a disguise that um that may, i think was an inspiration to this but yeah. thank you i, I thank you Stephen Jules, I appreciate that. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, here's the thing. What I love about this movie is it's got, it's kind of like an like an Ozploitation movie, without actually being from Australia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like? I think this would have been better served had it been made in Australia. Yeah, you know, well, then the double feature for this movie should be this movie and um, the return of Captain Invincible. Would be that'd be that would be pretty good, or feature. or any Philippe Mora movie, The Beast Within yeah. would be good, but honestly, it actually would it makes a great double bill with split with split second in a way. Like the two, this and the, this has been a great combo. The two, the one two punch of that Rutger Hauer movie and this are kind of great, they have similarities to them. But this feels like, um, and I don't know if you've heard what, uh, you know, osploitation, osploitation meaning uh, like grindhouse movies from Australia. That were When you said osploitation, I actually thought it was like movies that exploit Ozzie Davis is what I thought. You um, oh, like Bubba Hotep? No. Yeah. Um, no, osploitation from Oz, you know. Um, anyway, the, the director, uh, you know, Jeff Murphy is uh, is uh, from New Zealand. 
he's not Australian, but they have a similar kind of movie sensibility in New Zealand and Australia, I feel like. And um, so this has that kind of cracked energy to it that looks like people could get hurt at any time for real. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what separates an Australian grindhouse movie from a lot of others is that it clearly looks like people were hurt and injured making an Australian grindhouse movie. Yeah. Um, and this has some of that crazy energy. Your mind will be utterly annihilated. Okay, so then we've got some great, great things going on here too, like... Like Amanda Plummer playing the exact same role she played in Pulp Fiction. Well, other than uh, the nun part, yeah. Yeah. She's a nun in this movie, but a nun with a sawed-off shotgun and a bad yeah. attitude. Yeah. She's great. I mean, when is she not really great? But she's um, spectacular. You know, she's really good. And they really give her a lot to do here. She actually gets some stuff, you know. Um, that felt like an Australian movie. That felt like the first Road Warrior movie to me. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, if you're a praying man, I'd start. Yeah. She handles that gun great. Yeah. She really does. And then you got, you know, as I said, Frankie Faison is fantastic in it. John Shea is good in it, but I don't know why he's there. I have no why idea what his character is. You know who's really but good? If we're going to talk about people who are really good, can we talk about Jonathan Banks? Well, I was going to get to him. Oh, okay. After I mentioned Isai Morales, who I was very, very pleasantly, like, thrilled by his work in it. I thought yeah. Isai was, you know, he's actually always good. I just hadn't seen him in a long time. And yeah. I, uh, I was like want to see more want to see more i mean he's still acting but i'd love to see him in more stuff jonathan banks um what what did you want to say about him i just i just loved every moment that he was on screen i love that guy he's great he's great. i want to you know i want to hang out with with him and ralph meeker you know those two you know my my camera Okay, and, and Jonathan and, Banks. And Jonathan Banks. I have a feeling Jonathan Banks, those both of them are probably very nice people. I have a yeah. feeling that Jonathan Banks would be surprisingly not what his characters are like. Because no. he's all, he's always playing very, very surly, grouchy, yeah, angry men. Yeah. Um, I think of all like let's be real, the person that uh, the best person to hang out here was definitely David Johansson. If you wanted to have fun. The Johansson's trailer was the one you'd go hang out in. <laughs> For real. Nobody wanted to hang out with Anthony Hopkins. He was he was just annoyed that he was there. He was so sorry to be in this oh. movie. What bet did he lose to get in this thing? Maybe they just offered him a lot of money for what was probably about two days worth of work. What's the what the crazy thing about this movie is I think the the single weirdest thing about it is that it doesn't look like they had any money to pay somebody like Anthony Hopkins or Mick Jagger to show up. Like, no. it really looks like it cost about, you know, $2 million. Right. And yet the budget was $30 million. It all went, it just, it literally all went to Isai Morales. He's yeah. just impossible, apparently. He and, demands everything. And with that $30 million, do you know how much they were, they grossed? Less they didn't make their money back. I know 17 that. million dollars. That's all worldwide, like up till now, today. That's no, what Canada and US 17 million. So well, maybe it, it might I bet have it done... did 
pretty damn yeah. well in Eastern Europe and in yeah. in uh, Asia, I would bet. Yeah. But, you know. And we watched it. it. So they made another 37 cents right there because I paid for it on Voodoo. I paid for it, too. Yeah. The insurance schmucks wouldn't pay up. They couldn't find the body. <laughs> now, if only Johansson just let loose. He didn't repress so much. I just wish he would, uh, you know, yeah. be a little more emotive. Yeah. Um, you know so, who did great out of this movie? Who who's who really? Um, Jules, Jules is asking: Was the entire budget almost to all all to casting? I have to say, yeah. I mean, it really did look like the 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 money just didn't make it on screen, except for the last. Um, you know what's weird about it is that it has a pretty interesting pedigree. Like the DP, the director of photography, Amir Mokri, is great. Like he did. A lot of wonderful movies. He did Blue Steel, Pacific Heights, Bad Ooh. Boys 2, Fast and Furious, and and I think all the Transformers movies, or two or three of them. I'm not a fan of that franchise, but they look amazing. He's a great DP. Um, the writers included Dan Gilroy, who wrote and directed Nightcrawler, and then is, of course, married to Renee Zellweger. Oh, no, well, that's Renee, right. Zellweger, Renee Russo. That's what I was going to say. The person who, who did the best out of this movie? Is Dan Gilroy. Is Dan Gilroy. For sure. Because he wrote his first screenplay. Mm -hmm. They cast Rene Russo in it. They met and he married her. Yeah. I call that a win. I call that that's, a win that's, even that's, if, you, a... if you get out of show business afterwards. Well, and also there's that they're still married. So it was true. It yeah. seems to be true love. Like it was a real, like, real thing. Wow. Hey. Nibble my ear. Yeah, yeah. Nibble my ear. That was just weird. I mean, they even made that. That was creepier than if he'd said, let's, let's. You know, oh well, then don't let me tell you about my relationship with Marriott Hartley. Then, if you thought that was that was creepy, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> it's not what anybody. Wait, expected. inside scoop on Marriott inside Hartley. Inside scoop on Marriott Hartley. For those yeah. of you at home who don't know who Marriott Hartley is, look her up. Google, um, Google that. Did you have a like a love scene with Marion Hartley? I didn't. I never had a love scene with Marion Hartley, but but she said something about I don't remember if she was talking about her husband or her kids, but she said something about how she said uh, maybe it was one of the kids, maybe it was husband. And she said, "Yeah, he loves it when I snuffle his ear." And I said, "What? What is that?" Mm -hmm. And so she she this was back in. What when was um improper channels early 80s, right? Yeah, like yeah, like 81 or 82, yeah. somewhere there. Uh oh, I know I was in law school at the time, so I think it was summer of like maybe summer of 83. Um, oh, I'm being told 1981. Um, so uh I said, What is that snuffling the ear? Um April 1981. Um, so it must have been summer between my sophomore and junior year of college um, up in Canada. And um, dad was working with her and she said something about snuffling an ear. And I said, what is that? And she said, well, uh, here. And she came over and she snuffled my ear. And yeah. uh, that was that was something to, uh, you know, to dine out on. I'm and getting then, uncomfortable. And then I saw I don't her know, about but I'm 10 getting years ago. I saw her about Aren't 10 years. a little bit nervous? I'm a lot nervous. <laughs> there you go. I saw her about 10 years ago and I brought it up and she snuffled my ear again. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Nibble my ear. 
for luck. Okay, that 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 was terrible ADR on that for luck as well. Terrible that ADR and the him. creepy little smile he gives after he says nibble my ear and then he gives, then strange... he gives this creepy little smile. He looks like he's been huffing gas in that movie. I don't know what's <laughs> up with him. So, okay, so Marion Hartley for those of you who don't know what would be the famous the most famous thing she did was the uh the Kodak commercials or some some commercials with um with James Garner. With everybody Polaroid? She, Polaroid maybe and everybody thought she was married to James Garner. That's right. And she was and, a she was a very interesting actress. She started very early. She's in Sam Peckinpah's Ride the uh Ride the High Country. Um which is a great movie if you haven't seen that. You ever seen Ride the High Country? No. That's a wonderful western. Um and I, that might have been her, not her first thing, one of her first. Um, anyway, that's from her. And she's an ear snuffler. She likes to snuffle ear your snuffler, ear. But also one of the nicest people in show business, I have to say. Just a um, lovely, lovely woman. And, so and nice. she had a sweatshirt. People, The crew gave her a sweatshirt on the uh, that said, I am not Mrs. James Garner. Um, uh because everybody thought that she was married to James Garner because of their relationship in the in the Polaroid commercials. And then during the filming of Improper Channels, somebody gave dad a sweatshirt that said, I am not Mrs. I am not Mr. Marriott Hartley. I don't remember that. Yeah, but I take he, your word for it. Yeah. Well, Dad gave me that sweatshirt, and I used to wear it, and it it just gets more confusing the farther down that sweatshirt gets handed down. <laughs> it required a <laughs> lot like, of a lot of explaining. Why are you wearing a sweatshirt? Vin, that says, Vin diagram, Mister Marriott Hartley. Yeah, you need like a like an Let IKEA catalog. You yeah. need like an IKEA construct instruction yeah, manual. I used to do a PowerPoint presentation on yeah. the whole thing. It's an exp yeah. you need an exploded view basically of this to get. <laughs> of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, we talked about a lot of the good things in here. Um there there you know, I I feel like I'm underselling it cuz it's really a remarkably uh notably bad great bad movie. Like it's, yeah, well, I mean, what's interesting is that we've been sitting here criticizing it and criticizing and talking about how terrible it is. And I just had, oh, we've got a we've got a clip of Marriott Hartley in a Polaroid commercial. We can actually show that. So Incredible. That people will. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen. This is who we're talking about. Hey, come on. Isn't she, to... isn't she fantastic? up we're having wi-fi issues oh, wi in issues. the production office um, well at some point it'll it'll pop in at some point she's great you'll, you'll you probably recognize when you see her yeah um i think that we're picking on the movie because i'll give you an example things rolling along nice cheesy sci-fi difference on christmas how do you know what they want for christmas i even know who's been good and who's been bad Polaroid, thank you. Yeah, that's right. Is. That woman snuffled my ear. They did twice. dozens of them. Uh, Nibble my ear. You could. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like. All right, you asked for it though. She wasn't. This wasn't inappropriate ear snuffling. She, you, you asked her to for the demonstration. No, and it was just. It was just adorable. Great as the Invisible Woman. I don't remember that, Jules. 
I don't remember that. Invisible. We'll have to check that out. Um, but I, but, you know, I just this this was like a just a, a bucket of popcorn. This movie to me, it's pretty old popcorn in the back, way in the back of the popcorn machine. Butter's been out for a couple of days, it. but no, yeah, I loved it. I loved every part. I just had the best time. Well, you know, it is a movie where the hero, when he gets to get to, you know, do his action stuff, he 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 opts for a cool tan action turtleneck, which is really what you want to see. Oh my god! A tan you just won't turtleneck. give it a break. You will not give it a break. Well, I mean, look, it's got a reputation. You we gotta we gotta honor its reputation as as a truly disastrous. I mean, it's a disaster. This movie. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a disaster. Yeah, it's horrible, but it's so much fun to watch. Oh yeah. No I don't doubt. want people to lose sight of the fact that you will have a great time watching this movie. That depends who you are. I mean, you probably will, but like you're you're seeing that like you're the, this is the guy that said race with the devil isn't worth their time, and I'm like. Yeah, I okay. Well, if you're, up. yeah, but see, that's the thing. Like, I can't, I mean, if we're going to be realistic, I can't give that, you can't give this a pass and not give Race with the Devil some time because there's a lot more <laughs> going on there than here. I mean, this is a, the people that made this asked us not to see it. Like, the people <laughs> that made the movie are on television saying it's terrible. Wouldn't want to dance to it, but that's a pulse you go thank you for that that is my favorite line in the movie that's my best line my favorite wouldn't want to dance to it but that's a but pulse that's a pulse okay. and get the meat get meat mick jagger saying get the meat get the meat and he's talking about another person too yeah not what i thought not what he when he normally says that he's talking about something else well, you know, when Mick Jagger says that he's usually talking about something else. He's not talking about a runaway. Well, maybe he maybe he'd worked with a German director because you know what German directors call call actors. Schweinhund? Lens meat. Is that true? <laughs> That's what I've heard that there are directors who call actors I love lens that. meat. I love it. Holy shit. <laughs> exactly. Lens meat is I'm gonna use that now. That's the I yeah. yes. That yeah. is good. Lens meat. <laughs> Just lens meat. Um but you know there's something beautiful about that, I will say. Can I tell a little sidebar story? Please which is connected to that? Yeah. All right. There's a there's a there isn't a legitimately Australian movie with Donald Pleasance in it. And it's called Wake and Fright. And I don't <laughs> recommend seeing this movie. If, if to most people because it 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 has some pretty rough things in it um including uh some scenes of hunting uh uh kangaroos that is um very very hard to watch um i can only really recommend the movie at all because that wasn't um staged for the film they uh, the filmmakers went out on an actual kangaroo hunt at night with these hunters and just took documentary footage of what really happens and they put it in the movie okay still pretty horrible so tread lightly if you don't like animal stuff just don't see it but donald pleasance is great in it and apparently uh, i saw a um documentary about it and he um <laughs> he 
he he was a tippler. He he drank a little bit. He was known to have an appetite. And um, there's a scene where he has to destroy a, a, an entire bar out in the outback. He goes crazy in a drunken rage and destroys this whole bar. And um, he asked the director if he could please get completely hosed in order to do the scene. And Ted Kotcheff was the director. Who you might remember Ted Kotcheff directing yeah. Hawk and something. And um, Ted Kotcheff, this is his first big movie, and he said, "Like you know, no, Donald, we can't. I, you can't. <laughs> no, you're not going to get drunk on work hours and do that. You got to act it." And Donald Pleasance is like, oh, "Well, it's okay, but it's not going to be great." And he did it, and um, it wasn't great. <laughs> it just wasn't really great. Oh, and so no. Ted Kotcheff went. All right, what would happen if you drank and did it? And he goes, it would be good then. And so they they reset the bar the next day, and he got completely trashed and did this in one take, and that's what's in the movie. And he said, well, some things you just can't, you can't fake. No. Yeah, no. Um, I have a, a little story about one of the actors in this movie. I, I worked with one of the actors in this movie. Uh, did who, who did you work with? I'm going to try to guess for a second. You you won't be able to guess. You worked with Wilbur Fitzgerald. Nope. You worked with Tom Barnes. Nope. I'm lost. You're going to have to go way down the list. I don't want to. I worked with Harsh Nayar, who played the cab driver. Oh, okay. Who pulls the gun on him? Yeah. That's actually he's pretty funny in that. Yeah. Sweet, sweet man. Um. Joel, you know my buddy Joel. I do. Um, we did a play with him at George Street Playhouse, and his his name is spelled H A R S H, and then the last name I believe is N A Y A R or N A Y Y A R. Looks like Harsh Nayar, and through the entire production, we called him Harsh. You know, talked to him two months of working together, and then Joel bumped into him about. A year later and and uh had introduced him to somebody he said and this is this my friend harsh nayar and 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 hirsch said it, it's hirsch and joel said what he said it's it's hirsch and joel said we we didn't we worked together for two months and i called you harsh for two months and you never said anything and and hirsch just shrugged it's like whatever Americans can't Americans, talk to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Americans. Yeah. Yeah. You're all idiots. Yeah. You could have asked, but you didn't. Because <laughs> it, it was funny every single time. That's why he's like, that's I just why he was sitting there like looking at what idiots we were calling and pronouncing his name wrong. You know, we're um, getting some interesting notes here uh, from our producing team, and it's true. Well, um, it's got to be more interesting than what we're talking. About. No, I mean you're defending the movie, and I'm I'm happy to do. I love the movie, but I got We got to be. We have to be realistic here. And you're, you know, if we if it was just you, people would be rushing out to rent it willy nilly, thinking they're in for a great time. We can't <laughs> do that. Stay irresponsible. We can't do that. You know the Hot drink. Go. That was a clip from the movie. I think I'm talking about. I think that yeah. was from Wake and Fright. There you go. Um. Well done. Um. The cast, you know, they all felt let down by this movie. You know, Emilio Estevez, I think, almost quit the business after this. Hopkins says it was terrible. He, maybe he should have quit the business before this. That's a little bit mean, but... Don't sister me. He definitely 
was unhappy that he made the movie. I think Mick Jagger's unhappy that he made it. Uh, both uh, you know, the writer and 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 um, Rene Russo both say it's terrible and it, and it was an awful movie. Yeah, but they're happy they made it for not reasons that would that would it wouldn't make the audience happy though. The person who rents it doesn't get any of that joy at all. You still got brain function. Oh shit. <laughs> I don't even know really what to say. That the, really the best thing about it is that the Scorpions did the the final the 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 end credit song. Ah. And we get the Scorps at the end. It's pretty fantastic. An original Scorps tune. Um, you know, I I, uh, I gotta say that was my, that was like that was pretty big. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pretend to talk about some real film stuff just for a moment. Do Why? Because you, you all right? What? No, go ahead. I, you, you're teaching. You're a teacher. You got to say smart things about movies to justify this. I understand. Yeah, I want to understand. because yeah. then I can apply for tenure. You know, if, I, know if I really do. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nine or tenure? No. Nine, maybe nine, maybe ten. I don't know. If I say uh that there was one sequence in this movie where they suddenly said let's have some let's cram a whole bunch of references to other movies in 30 seconds of this movie and i'm gonna say james bond 2001 and tron (laughs) and you know the sequence i'm talking about the the brain meld sequence yeah yeah. The the iris door is so the like the the beginning of the Bond movies, mm-hmm. right? That irising door with the where Bond does the gun thing. Yeah, and it's from Star Wars too, right? And then and then two thousand one brain freak out walking through that, and then it turns into Tron. It turns into Tron and if Tron was mixed by the same people that made too many cooks. It's one of the funniest sequences I've ever seen. I mean, there's okay. So what happens is the confrontation at the end, they finally get Emilio Estevez in front of Anthony Hopkins and they're going to mind meld and he's going to take his body and his mind is going to swap and Emilio's terrified. Welcome to my mind. And they go... They go to this computer, which is shaped like a jack, like a yeah, like I was a jack's gonna... toy, which is cool. Yeah, well, it's called Free Jack, and this is the, the top of the building is like what do they call those? A jack? jacks? 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 Those are jacks. So that was interesting. And then they have like a freakout, like a like a like a an incredibly weird music video happens, where all the imagery in the world kind of happens at once, and there's. <laughs> It is, it, and it goes on for a while. It's fantastic. Yeah. Fire, screaming, close-ups of eyeballs, you know, people <laughs> whirling around in a t- tornado. It, 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 yeah. It's great. It's probably the best, um, you know, wormhole, mind connection, mind meld, freak out things I've ever seen in a movie. Our producers are telling that there are, that there's also references to Terminator. Um, he has a line from the Terminator, doesn't he? He does say, he says, fuck you, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And he screams. Uh, But Eddie Furlong is is a name in the, it it was an actor in the 
Terminator, right? Wasn't Eddie Furlong? Eddie Furlong is the kid, yeah, in Terminator yeah. 2. And he's named T2. Furlong in this movie. Um, in Free Jack. In Free Jack, his character is Furlong. His, Free Jack is Furlong. He's a Free Jack. <laughs> I can't I can't say enough. This movie is worth seeing. It is it is an embarrassment. What do you feel like is the best way to see this movie, Matthew? I said with a big, big bucket of kettle corn and some red vines and Mr. Pib. Okay. Classic movie just sitting there sitting with all there. the junk food. Have yeah. a blast. Sugar Watch high this bit. This is good. Um yeah. That's okay. how I felt about this movie. I feel the most appropriate place to see this film is on an exercise bike at the gym. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Nice slap there. Good work. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Um, Who are we? Who are we in this movie? Um, we have it, we have good parts. I, I think uh, I, I feel like I'd like to see you do the Eagle Man uh, monologue. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you Frankie Faison's part. Wow, you were generous. I'm, I was more generous with myself because I think of all these roles, the one I want, yeah, I want Michelette. I want to play Jonathan Banks' part. Oh, yeah. You'd be and good. I think that. I'd have a shot at yeah. getting the audition. Yeah. Oh, the good Lord says to turn the other cheek. He gets yeah, kicked I, around a lot. I can see you. He gets kicked. He gets slapped. Yeah. He gets, he it's gets, like home. It's like home alone when he's in. Yeah. It, that's what this is actually more like. I had you as a Isai Morales. Oh, okay. I, I'll take that. Thank you. I, I, it's a good part. It's probably, he probably got away. He probably, of anybody, I think Isai Morales got out of here clean, like the yeah. with smelling the best. I had myself as a random guy in a helmet getting killed. <laughs> this <laughs> can I can I pick the guy though that you are because yeah. there's a little moment that I think is incredibly funny. I don't know if it's on purpose. The the first time he goes out into the street, right, and the, yeah. and this this basics unless you're super rich in this community, it's just people are living in poverty and squalor, and there's no money, and the people are like, you know, haggling over chickens and trading buttons in the street. It's terrible. And um, while he's walk making this walk through this, you know, busted out, totally broken down Brooklyn, you know, he does notice a saxophone player hanging out in a burned out doorway playing a sax solo, which I think is probably the best thing in the movie. But there's there's a little a shootout that happens. Yeah. That lasts about four seconds. Like there's a lot of things going on on the street. And then suddenly there's like a right. pow, pow. And two guys are shooting each other. A bunch of guys rush. They take Emilio Estevez hostage for literally like two seconds. And it's never like explained. gun to his head, and then he runs away and it's never explained. It's the quick <laughs> he, 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 he looks so confused. He just it looks confused <laughs> through this whole movie. It looks like he doesn't know where, like, the director's yelling at him to do stuff in the middle of a take, and he's like, I don't know where, what do you want? My Which left direction? or your left? Yeah. My left. Gotta look messed up. Like me. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
great electrocution scene that Brief. that i have down as one of the great moments is is the when the soldier gets fried yeah that was really good old school effects on that one very yeah. nice you got some cool tunes including uh well who else you got ministry had a couple tunes in here uh i'm sure what twisted sister probably had a song or two they See, didn't if it's, if it's not montavani i don't i don't know what it is well we're gonna teach you some stuff okay it's because you shouldn't be listening to Mont montavani hit between the eyes scorp song hit between the eyes folks written for this movie that was a great moment um did you um let's see did you recast it all i did i did i did you yeah i didn't have time to do a lot but i did a little bit of recasting hit me uh jake gyllenhaal oh good okay i buy that one and paula Patton from close oh. protocol oh okay i like it you went serious you took this seriously yeah i said if you were going to try and remake this and and really do it totally the kind of movie that jake gyllenhaal would do yeah well yeah. he did a movie sim i mean um source code is a has a little bit of this source code is is uh the well there's a big difference actually With source code's a good movie i yes source code is actually a movie that works <laughs> yeah um but i like that casting that's as far as you got that's as far as i got i Whoa. had a week from hell okay well okay uh bear me out i've got finn wolfhard in the emilio estevez part oh yeah or yeah. wolf finn hard no, i don't finn know wolfhard. okay yeah. Finn, yeah finn wolfhard from stranger things yeah um because it needs somebody very young in that part i think jake is a little old for for it to be totally honest so i think just yeah. chronologically yes. it helps if finn is a the the 20 year old that he is so i'm gonna go finn wolfhard scarlett johansson in the renee russo part okay uh stellan skarsgård as anthony hopkins as the billionaire mm, yeah and i'm gonna do tom york from Radiohead in the Mick Jagger role because I think he'd look even better in that helmet than Mick Jagger does. <laughs> okay. And Buster Rhymes in the Buster Poindexter part. St sticking with the Buster theme. Exactly. But there is also a rock star, a musical yes. star yeah. in the, in the <laughs> thing. For okay. those of you who don't know, I keep referencing Buster Poindexter. Buster Poindexter was a character that the actor johansson played right yeah yes and david johansson was a was in real life a rock star from a new york-based band called the new york dolls and they were a very important punk band or post-punk band um of their day but they never really hit it big and he hit it big later as a kind of a uh cabaret performer named buster uh, buster poindexter right but his real name is david johansson famous for the big smile and the 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 burly voice and uh, all of that did a couple of movies and i'm sorry i'm just trying to educate you this is stuff from the 90s i know maybe you don't featured in scrooge oh you're right thank you yeah buster did some other film work As do you have uh do you have a double feature for this movie 
I actually don't, but I think I came up with the fact that I think the perfect double feature is is like is this and and either I mean split second to me to me this and split second are a great combo. Yeah. Um, I I pair I did the opposite where I said let's take this and pair it with something really good and it was it was source code like I would watch. I gotcha. That makes source sense. Source code is the antidote to this. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean. I guess equally I could say like watch this and death race 2000 would be a great combo. The friggin' word is out on you. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It is true. It's out on us. The, the word is out that I know what I'm talking about. You know so much more about movies than I do. Death race 2000 and this would be great because it's a dystopian movie with some comedy stuff a lot of car crashes and stuff in it and um no time travel but whatever okay finn wolfhard time finn travel wolfhard. well that's my notes we've covered my notes here. i felt like i had more to say about it but i don't the best thing about this movie is seeing mick jagger command a commander uh, a bunch of tanks through new york and saying things like get the meat Get the meat. 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 It's the very tea, <laughs> like tea. Get the meat. Get the meat. Oh, he's so scary and intense. <laughs> yeah. Every single close-up of him was clearly shot on another continent than we're like <laughs> months apart, probably in England or South Africa or somewhere completely different than Hollywood. Don't you think? Yeah. The lighting is different in every close-up that he has. Yeah. Well, um, we're in for a wild ride next week. And for the rest of the month, actually. Because we're doing time travel for the rest of the month. Yes. Starting with Deja Vu next week with right. um, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Yep. Uh, really fun movie. Then another really fun movie, Time After Time. Uh, with uh, Malcolm McDowell, Mary Steenburgen, or Burgeon. I'm never sure which it is. Steenburgen. Steenburgen. <coughs> Excuse me. Steamed Burger. Steamed Burgerdens. And uh, David Warner. And then Peggy Sue Got Married with Kathleen Turner. Time Travel May is what Time we're Time Travel May. Yeah. Next time we're going to promise to pick a movie that wasn't um, re completely reshot by another director uh, halfway through. Yeah. They they showed a screening of this movie. It was so bad that they literally told the screenwriter to go direct more of it. Wow. Because, yeah. The Lord moves in mysterious ways. Producer, yeah, he was a producer, but not really. Because he was a producer, kind of because he wrote Alien, and they were like, okay, so you can produce. But he didn't really have a lot of producing experience as much as he had a name, I think. Right. Because this movie is neither well-produced nor particularly well-directed, in my opinion. But I want to reiterate, it is fun to watch. It is Matthew's favorite movie. It's and that's not just because he's a giant Scorpions fan and <laughs> loves to go to the metal shows. Oh or because he wears an action turtleneck at home. It is that good a movie. Gosh. All right. All right. Whatever. Well, look, you know, I mean, this movie, you're giving it a bit of a pass where I'm saying, like, 
production design by Joe Alves, man, who did Jaws and Close Encounters and Escape from New York. I mean, you got to, you got to, pro, you got to, there's some good actors in here. Things could have been better. Should have been better. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? I totally agree. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe I, you know, I don't know why. Maybe you're I was just tired at night. Me. The booze heart is booze business is hard. The booze you just want to, you just want to relax and have I a just want to sit and, and let something wash over my simple right. mind for a right. little while, which is exactly why we do a movie podcast. Yeah. There you go. The thing All that right. we're most passionate about. So uh, we're going to ask you to tune in next week because we have a big surprise next week. I think we have a new theme song next week i was under the impression that we were going to hear it tonight so i got very thrown i'm a big fan of this new theme song the new theme song i have heard the early iterations of it and i everybody's in for a big surprise we have talented people working on the show now finally have people don't know know what they're doing we don't know what the heck is going on finally yeah people who will lift us up by our bootstraps and there you go one blue plate special I waited 20 minutes for this shit. <laughs> that's yeah. how I feel. That, yeah. That's how most people that's feel people about feel. our show. I In tried, the- Matthew. I literally downloaded the book sample that th- this movie is based on. Uh, I downloaded the book called uh, what? It's Immor- Immorality, Immortality Incorporated. Um, I tried reading that. Wow. Uh, it's they they didn't write. They didn't make that book. No. Okay. Hey, thank Jules. Somebody Jules, got fired us, just so the they could watch our show. Well, Jules, I hope you know that it's on YouTube all day. You could see this at, right when you got home from work. You just, yeah. you, you don't I mean, have I to watch feel it. Terrible live. that that you you got into this situation just because of that. But I, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm honored and and very proud to have been the cause of such a disturbance, though. Uh, Sucking up mega doses of carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, mercury, lead, benzene, nuclear waste. Watching Free Jack. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've we've taken up enough of our audience's time. Um, Next week we're doing Free Jack too. We got to bear Jack. down harder. No, I know there's no get out of this. Deja vu with some Denzel next week. All right. Please join us, and you gotta tune in for this new theme song because that we're going to the top. We're going all the way to the top. We're going all the way to the top with the uh, with the. I want to see that clip again. We're going to the top. Yep, with our new theme song. It you know is what? Go, you know, rocketing us straight to the top. Emilio looks confused in that shot. It's funny, didn't he's, he? I think he's confused all the time. He looks confused. All right, nibble my ear for luck. And on that note, (laughs) and on that note, we will see you next week. Keep my grandma smiling. Good night, sir. Good night. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.